Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome once again to Cult Following, the film and culture podcast brought to you by a group of fun-loving blue-eyed movie fans here in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, disclaimer, none of us actually have blue eyes. But uh, I am one of your four hosts for this occasion, uh, Victor Marino, along with Joshua Dew. Uh, that's Taserface Ruth Dew, sir. Taserface! And Kirby Nelson. And Jasper Reno. Wowie zowie. <laughs> In this episode of Cult Following, the four of us will be taking an interpret journey into a spoiler cast for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Dose, also known as Volume 2. <laughs> yeah, I wish it was called Volume Dose, In the though. Englishes. I know. I'm really curious what if uh other countries have a different awesome mix than we do <laughs> god that'd be so good <laughs> like james gunn like makes a, a different awesome mix for like every country that would oh, be yeah, amazing those, those galaxy <laughs> those, 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 those. Ay, 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 ay. <laughs> defensores de la galaxia uh, flavor that would be amazing. Yeah. We did what just come those? off of Cinco de Mayo, so seems, yes. seems a little apropos, Cinco de Mayo. Topico. Yeah, and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 came out uh, May the 5th, or May the 4th weekend, which yeah. I, makes me think not much of a uh, coincidence <laughs> there. Everybody was wearing their Star Wars shirts when I went to go see it on Thursday night. It was awesome. Nice. You know, everybody's rocking their best Star Wars, mm-hmm. you know. That would have been actually because, you know, I don't know, there's all those shirts that everybody makes that are like those mashup shirts of everything. Oh, yeah. kind of tend to get on my nerves a little bit. Like, I, I'm okay with them in some cases or like if they say something, but that would be the perfect opportunity to have a Star Wars <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy mashup shirt. Like, you know, when would be more of an appropriate time? Yeah, I feel like they mash up Guardians of the Galaxy with everything. I even saw like Tiki Cups the other day. Yeah. And it's like, cool. Milk it, you, you know, didn't do I'm it with okay, the first one. I'm okay with, like, a Guardian's Tiki Cup, but, like, and it's like, look, guys, it's Guardians of the Galaxy and Doctor Who, you know? Like, or it's Attack on Titan and, and Power Rangers. Oh, boy. I thought but the... see, that's, like, only two. You gotta really... <laughs> right. I like the ones that really shoot for, like, three or four. Right. <laughs> and yes. still add Rick and Morty somehow in there. <laughs> like, Scotchewan that... sauce. Right. Oh my god. I thought I the mashup shirts were cute, like when they first started happening. I actually yeah. bought a couple. Like I've got a Doctor Who shirt, um, where they're all playing instruments and it says the Who behind it. It's uh, got different doctors playing right, instruments. Right. I thought that shit was cool. Uh then it started getting overdone and now I just want to puke every time I see one. I actually made a I hope I don't get lynched for this. I actually made a shirt design that I never printed. Um, that was the Star Wars logo with the little box and it said Star Wars in the middle, but in the little words right above, it said, I hate. So it actually said, I hate Star oh, Wars. That's funny. It was freaking amazing, but I was all, I actually literally afraid to print it because I was afraid if I went to shows. That <laughs> which which I, one is that I'm shirt laughing, punch? So or, I, went, uh, I went to Ripped, ripped and, and the very one first one on Ripped is a Rick and Morty Adventure Time. Of course, of course. It's, it's science time. Almost as if it was made for you. And, oh <laughs> well, you gosh. can just tell the people who their entire clothing line came from Nerd Block. So, I mean, that's oh, yeah. just pretty much it. Right. Like, I, and, I mean, if that's your thing, then more power to you. I own a few of them. I mean, I especially own a lot of the Lovecraft ones, which yeah. I enjoy. But, again, it's like, I think when they're more 
like subversive or oh, agree. Like, they're never very... subversive. I don't know. They <laughs> are. I mean, I, I will say, look, I'm I'm right now wearing a Skeletor, and it says "Make Attorney a Great Again." Okay, yeah, that, so okay, that's, you know, I, I have cool. I have one. I also got from Ripped that has the Emperor Palpatine, and it says "Not My Emperor." Oh yeah, and it says "Love Sidious Hate" <laughs> on it. Um, you know, so I think those are the kind of mashups, you know, kind of subversive things that I'm okay with, and I and I'm gonna say. Also, like, Ripped, I love their shirts. Like, I just want to give them a plug. They have, like, the most comfortable shirts. And as a big guy, like, they have triple X shirts that I like to wear that are nice and long. And that's, like, a huge thing. So, you He'll know. He'll be asking it, for a discount <laughs> on his next order. Uh, Remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can get all that at RippedApparel.com. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I hope you're listening, Ripped. By yeah. The way that... Wasn't that a great job on the stealth commercial, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> and our sponsor this week. That discount code is TRoot20. <laughs> but let me tell you guys, we had a truth. really hard time getting in, in into the podcast because of traffic. Oh my God. And I, all I want to say is CarMax.com just makes it so <laughs> Oh, man. I'm so, there's certain other podcasts you listen to. It's like they always do those transitions into their commercials. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God. This that was is so just funny. So I almost spilled my milk stout from the left, uh, left-hand brewing company that I'm drinking. Remember, right. always <laughs> take the left-hand path. <laughs> just this whole segment, imagine that scene in Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Yeah, I was just going to say. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's like everybody always wants to sell out. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians. So so Zune, everybody. So yeah. what? Yeah, Zune. The, the, uh, Zune. I know the increase in Zune. Did you? Sales. Yeah, you saw that right? Like, because yeah. I mean, I immediately the second, afterwards. The second. Yeah. I, and the thing is, I I do wonder how the secondary market prices of zooms will be because they're not cheap at all right. anyway right because well, the, uh, uh, walkman thing is already doing huge business i was i wanted to mention that because there seems to be a big resurgence in cassette tape marketing like mm-hmm. where you've got guardians of the galaxy you've got uh 13 reasons why um i just saw a commercial the other day where the kid picks up a Walkman at the yard sale, and he's like, what's this? And they're like, oh, just check it out. And they plug it in and put headphones on. He's like, whoa. You know, like, almost like the record resurgence from a few years ago. That's well, still that, that's on. still going strong, yeah. That, I mean, but I don't know. He, my thing is that records are actually, like, simply scientifically a better format in terms oh, of quality. Oh, yeah. You will um, never get better quality yeah. than with a record. It's the closest thing you can get to being in the room while it was being recorded. Exactly. And, you know, and, and tapes are just not. Now, I think tapes have their place. I like tapes because you can make like mixtapes easily. They don't skip. So it's like if you're a, a jogger and you don't want to use an iPod, um, you know, like, or an iPhone or whatever, um, you know, it's good because it doesn't skip. But I mean, that's the thing is, where it gets kind of crazy is when you have the nostalgia for things like eight track or stuff like that, which is just not as good of a, of a format, frankly. Um, well, so is VHS. I mean, it's just inferior. But it is one of those Beta things Max that right. Well, no, no, no. By me, it's it's like the closest analogy analog would be the uh, the um, cassette tape. I mean, they're just but cassettes. Yeah. I can say like as I I have a boutique label for cassettes for bands I put out. And I just do like 50 to 100 at a time because that's what I can sell. Right. And the thing about it is because what you'll do is you'll do this, the, the tape and then put in the digital download. Same thing right. with buying yeah, records. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Because people want something physical. So that's what you end up doing. Yeah. But it's just, you know, but for a lot of other things, it's like, oh, I want to buy all these vintage tapes. And it's like, why? Yeah, why do, why do you want to spend 50 bucks on a cassette? Like, well, I think a big part of what 
Guardians is doing is writing that crest of nostalgia. Mm. Oh, sure. And I, if you didn't think that was obvious in part one, part two makes it all but obvious. Like, <laughs> Guardians 2, remember? Yeah, right. <laughs> remember? Remember Knight Rider? <laughs> Oh remember, yeah, I remember. remember Michael Knight. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. Very much. Uh, and and not even the, okay. Let's go. So we're getting into it now with the Guardians. Well, just talk. remember, so, next, this is a spoiler cast. Next yeah. year, next year, when you, the listener, are out scanning the thrift stores for cassette tapes, you heard it here first. It's true. Cutting edge. Cutting right, edge. Cutting edge. But but so here's what I think is funny about Guardians. Guardians is not only waving the right of nostalgia of like, you know, the 80s and the 70s and everything, but it's riding the wave of nostalgia of the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Yeah. It's like, remember that part where Drax was funny? Yeah. <laughs> How about you? You want more of that? You want remember that time John five? Do? Remember? <laughs> That's what I was saying on the way here. I was saying they definitely captured the formula in the first movie. They knew it worked and they just crank the volume up to 11 yeah well, second let, one. Let's, and let's, it worked let's start it off from the beginning yeah where uh we start off with a flashback <laughs> could be star man perfect yes feathered yeah. hair yes yes which uh apparently was uh you know two parts good makeup 900 parts cgi, CGI. Uh, yeah. yeah but i will say that i mean they're getting Damn good at that, right? Like seriously good yeah. at that. Like I, I, I felt that the Robert Downey Jr. that you had in what was it, Civil War, looked yeah, good. Yeah. The, the, the young Michael Douglas and Ant Man looked good. Um, you know, I don't know what happened in Tron Legacy because <laughs> I, wow, I mean that was just well, absolutely that, terrible. Yeah, I mean it, it, a lot of it depends on time and money spent, right? And I just. uh Maybe the motion motion capture wasn't there yet, or Disney didn't want to spend the money on it. Right. But yeah, if if you don't know what we're talking about in a Tron Legacy, uh, most of the movie is headlined by a young, de-aged uh, Kevin Flynn, played Oof. played by um, Jeff Bridges. I, I I think a big part of this too is that Jeff Bridges didn't shave. So a lot of that was uh, really so that's definitely possible. Yeah, yeah, so you're only getting partial motion capture there. It's like not even Benjamin Button. Yeah, yeah. Well, know? plus you got to think there's a good two or three year at least gap between that and like Ant Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the stuff. But that but we, that's what's ba- mind boggling, right? Is that that in two or three years that the technology can exactly. jump that much? Yeah. Um, but regardless, they've got it down now. I mean, that was I was definitely looking at a young Kurt Russell there, and I was like, wow, this is awesome, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so yeah, so the beginning, um, which, uh, you know, leads us into a, another bout of nostalgia for laser light shows Oh man, (laughs) where all the credits are done. Again, this is a thing. When I was a kid, you go to a planetarium and laser lights would spell out words just like you see Mm -hmm. in the credit. I would gather that maybe a good 70% of the people did not know no, that. No. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't, you didn't go to Laser Floyd? Are you sure? <laughs> you haven't lived if you haven't gone to Laser Floyd. I'm While we're say. talking about the uh, opening credits, can I just say, I think the uh, the Baby Groot thing was overdone just a tad. I felt it was in overdone the in credits. the opening credits. Oh, yeah. Say, yeah. That's well, exactly the what opening credits are. Remember opening credits <laughs> right. to Guardians? It's like, you know what? I get it. Chicks think he's so cute, and uh, you know there was so much baby group merchandise for this movie. Uh-huh. It's insane. I remember I went to a Walmart a couple weeks ago, and they had like a whole wall of like. 
baby Groot and Ravager gear mm-hmm. uh, toys that were life-size. I went the day that movie came out. That entire wall was gone. I mean, look, better Baby Groot than Minions, okay? True. Like, I mean, better. I, I, I'd rather have Baby Groot, mm-hmm. but I do wonder if we're getting to, like, if we got to peak Baby Groot, like, way too early. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not going to lie. I'm riding that wave. I was cutting Baby Groot stickers today from Mad Monster because I know <laughs> yeah, they're going to sell. Say, yeah. It's easy money. You yeah. You know money. what I mean? Yeah. So well, I'm riding that wave. But, I, yeah, I thought it was just a... It was funny. It was cute, but I just thought it was a tad bit overdone, a little too much. I love how you supersize that. You're like, look, I know you spent a lot on Baby Groot this week, but, but it's just one dollar. You don't I have mean, a sticker for your car yet. Yeah. <laughs> so in this, in the opening credits, we have uh, the Guardians who are bantering left and right, actually calling themselves the Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Killing a kind of octopus monster. Uh, like in order that. to get in order to get batteries for a gold race called sure. the Sovereign. Well, they were protecting the batteries because the monster was going to take them. That's some some. some you know. No, they, I think they the they were stolen, so they went to go get them back. Something along those lines. I do like how they started with them. Like it was like boom, we're about to fight a boss right now. Yeah, yeah you know, cool. like that was a cool way to open it. I, and I will say, like as many Marvel movies as there's been. I'm pretty sure uh, this is the most cogent team fighting a monster scene in any of the Marvel movies. Like, even the way Avengers Age of Ultron opens, you're getting little groupings all over the place. They never actually fight together. There's the part in the original Avengers, when, and it's not a monster, but near the end when when it's just at that one shot, right? You know, and it's just, and it's all of them working together. And that was like, oh, that was so good. This is the kind of thing I'd like to see more often, though, versus, you know, so much angst. But it was a good scene, which leads us into uh, them meeting this race called the Sovereign. <laughs> it helps that Joss Whedon didn't write the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, the, we get into a scene that's set up to exploit the fact that Rocket and Drax are both uh, uncouth. Sure. Because the Sovereign... Anti-heroes. Yes, because the Sovereign take, uh, was it? Great offense. With uh, any kind yeah. of unpoliteness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Any and kind of imperfection, basically. Yeah. Quitty toity. Yes. And uh, at this point, you know, Rocket just decides to be funny to steal the batteries they just brought them, which, you know, it's a good MacGuffin driver. It doesn't sure. make any sense considering how much uh, of a hard time they had beating that octopus. Yeah. You know, but it gets us into one of the uh, more inspired parts of the movie when the Sovereign attacked the Guardians in their video arcade armada. Right. Which was a funny joke the first time. Yeah. You know? Um, but but I think like a lot of this film, um, it, it just got old, you know? and, and Yeah, I don't, I don't know. think they had to do it like three times. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, Spoil, spoiler alert. That's, no, this that, is a that spoiler should, That should be the, uh, the whole guiding light of this whole podcast. Exactly. To be that it got old. Yes. That, that, that's... To yeah. me, the, the main I thing did like first that they, and foremost. Uh, I did like that they rage quit when they blew up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> every single right. one of them. It was awesome. Yeah. You know, and I don't know. I, I mean, I don't personally like, I still liked the movie. And, and I, I think that, you know, if we go into this, you know, pointing out rightfully uh, the criticisms that we have with it, mm-hmm. like, I don't personally, I don't want people to get the impression that I didn't like the movie. Like, no, I no. Certainly, all we're doing is going through it and pointing out right. things. I love the movie. I'll be yeah. 
wait, I'm waiting for the Blu-ray. I enjoyed it, but I am going to say this: like when I saw the first movie, like I immediately, as soon as I was done, like I need to see that movie again. Opening weekend, I think I saw Guardians three times. Uh-huh. Um, I saw it once on Thursday, once on Friday, once on Sunday. Um, I haven't felt the need to go back and watch this film. Um, I think that it is one that when it comes out on Blu-ray, that I'll you know I want to watch. But it is, as much as I enjoyed it, and as much as I think you would have a good time with it if you liked the first one, um, it's definitely got that that issue that we're talking about that you just brought up, Kirby. It's like they just go too far with everything. Um, you know, and obviously we're going to go point by point, but just everything. I mean, it's like, hey, you liked those two amazing lines Drax had in the first one. Well, how about we give him 50 lines? Well, I'm I'm on the opposite spectrum of that, though. I I would totally go see it again. And I think it would be a great movie to put in. Like if you have like it's like the first movie. If you have people over and you want to put a movie in while you guys are hanging out. That's the kind of movie right. you put in, you know. So I think the rewatchability on it's pretty good. I, I think the main thing is is that I felt that way that Joshua embodies about the uh like wanting to go see immediately as soon as you saw it, the very first one. Um, I saw it the first uh whatever opening night IMAX and I was just so blown away. But I always told people that the reason I love Nightmare Bron we started this podcast that twenty fourteen. Yeah. The original incarnation. We all picked Guardians as the top film of the year. And I, I said it then and I'll say it now again. The reason I love Guardians of the Galaxy so much, especially because I was already so done with Marvel movies even three years ago, right, the yeah. MCU, but it was because it made me feel good about movies again. It made me like that feeling you get as a kid. I mean, is the ultimate member berries moment, but it really <laughs> is. But, it yeah. really is that feeling. Whereas this film, I still enjoyed it, but it just wasn't well, this, enough. This movie had me. some issues with conflict right from the get-go. I mean, sure. I, I kind of touched on it. The main reason that the Guardians are doing this work for the Sovereign to get these batteries is in exchange. Because in exchange for giving these batteries, they give them Nebula, which they ended up with somehow. And we're supposed to, you know, take at, at face value that they've been hunting Nebula down the entire time since Guardians 1. Yeah. Right. Um, and then it just... This is where <laughs> I started to have a problem with it was... At the end of Guardians 1, I mean, we get that Drax hat, Drax is very literal. And that was, you know, played to some effect in part one where mm-hmm. things don't go over my head. I would catch them. That line still makes me laugh it's literally every funny. time I see that movie. In part two, this is one of those things that happened where, remember Drax was funny when he did that line? Let's just make him like that the whole time. Exactly. And that's where, you know, the way Guardians 1 ended, it's like, uh, Oh, well, we, you know, stopped Ronan. Well, really, my real enemy is uh, Thanos. And then you're just setting up this kind of like, oh, does does Drax know that uh, Gamora is Thanos' daughter? Mm-hmm. Which, at that time, it was strongly suggested, no, he does not. In this movie, he clearly does. It's not an issue at all. There's So that little nugget of conflict, yeah, yeah boing, we're not really going to touch that at all. Yeah. You know, so that was something that sort of bothered me. Well, I think that was done purposely because they didn't want anything to get in the way of that, the banter that they were doing for the entire movie. That's hard to do when you got that much conflict between the characters. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't even look up any of the stingers. And then, of course, to see all four of them at the end. And I'm going, where the fuck is the Thanos one? Like, that's what <laughs> right. I was waiting for. Personally. Well, I think like, the, Adam, the Adam Warlock one, I think, took the place of the Thanos one. Yeah, it makes because sense. Because they, they use that one as the lead-in to the upcoming well, Infinity, yeah, Infinity yeah, yeah, whole spectrum. Infinity we'll Wars. Get to, yeah, we'll get Infinity. to that. But yeah, basically, so in the video game uh, 
sovereigns are shooting them down. They <laughs> they pilot through a uh, through a asteroid field where a rocket and um, Star Lord rocket and Star Lord are arguing over who's a better pilot. This was a really funny scene, I thought. Sure. Especially when they both said the exact same line. It's a good thing I'm the best pilot in the universe. <laughs> and, of course, you know, they get hit. I swear to God, this reminds me of a different movie. I can't think of it. I'm sure I will later. Um, actually, there's a very similar scene in um, the last Star Trek movie. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, where they're fighting this swarm of ships and they have to go through an asteroid field. But I actually do think Guardians did it better. And then as soon as, you know, they're they're going through, they think they're all clear. And then all the other ships went around the asteroid field and they're going to annihilate them until a tiny little ship shows up and destroys all of them. That's one of the best moments. Yes. It's like when he's up there waving at them. Yeah. <laughs> and it turns out, yeah, yes, this is actually Kurt Russell's ego. Who uh, Kurt Russell as Ego, the living planet, who destroys all of them because he's heard tell... Tall Tales of Star Lord, right? Which means, uh oh, this this guy might be his long lost son. I just realized. I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut in, but how much it bothers me that they went around the asteroid field. So how the fuck would they have gotten there? Yeah, it doesn't. Really no, I make... mean it's just he, he, like no, that like like that bothers me. Yeah, well, they, they would have had I, it right. super. I, fast. I mean, I, I mean, I, remember, yeah. I probably said something in the theater, but I mean, it's just kind of like one of those things, like. And it always is a Simpsons moment. Point out your fucking plot holes elsewhere. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, it's always that problem. No, it felt it, like he destroyed really all of them because they were all paying attention to the one ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there must have been a whole different armada. Okay, that might make sense if they were but already it, going around. Yeah, but still, it was. It you know, I did like when once he got killed, they were kind of like, "You suck." You know, <laughs> yeah, right? that part was the best. Yeah, but uh, along the along the way, there's also a really funny joke where like. Uh, you know, Gamora's tied up in the in the ship's like you know nebula or nebula. Yeah, yeah, yeah nebula yeah. is uh-huh. locked up in the in the ship's hole, and she keeps wanting fruit. I mean, just for, like <laughs> it's not right. It's not right. <laughs> and it was really funny. It's a some, good payoff. Yeah, you know? and somewhere along the lines of that battle where Drax puts on the weird spacesuit that's not a spacesuit, Nebula essentially becomes a good guy, right? Know? Which felt a little like unearned at that point i mean i'll say this for nebula um i think that she had enough pathos in the first film like she did kind of seem she brought enough to that character karen gillen brought that kind of like you know that uh inferiority complex of being the unloved sibling yeah um that there's enough of that there in the first film to hold on to that i don't feel that it's completely under and under well, I, I feel film. like in the in the beginning she was just helping them because it helped her and she was just looking for the right opportunity where she could do exactly what she did eventually yeah but it wasn't until the big the fight scene with her and Gamora later on in the movie that i think you kind of which was good she growth. played it all like yeah, that exactly and Honestly, I want to point out, in my opinion, I think Nebula stole this movie character-wise. Hmm. Um, I just liked because her of the character growth. And, I don't know, she was uh, very, very entertaining in a different way than the first movie. I felt like she was almost a different character entirely. Yeah, I will say, this is one of the things, I, I, I'd be interested to hear your guys' point of view on this. I honestly think almost every character got more ex- got more growth in this movie from except from Star except for Star Lord, who to me is the exact same <laughs> character at the yeah. beginning of this movie as he is at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd agree. I mean, actually, I like uh, Jasper's point. I think that uh, 
she really is the only one who has a real character growth. Everything else to me is like small increments, whereas it's like it almost is a different character. Yeah. But you, but because of as Joshua explained as you come to understand why it is even yeah. more and more where she goes on like the classic kind of a uh, feudal Japan samurai kind <laughs> yeah. of like unloved father, you know, mm-hmm. thing. It, I mean, it really does work actually. And that is the most ludicrous battle in this whole movie. When, when fucking Gamora picks up the actual gun from the ship, I'm like, was, this is so out of, <laughs> this is so out of control. It's yeah. very awesome. Looney Tunes. Like, yeah. yeah, it is. It's a yeah. very like Daffy versus Donald or the yeah. Tom and Jerry. It was just fun. And, but it was also, but that's the whole point is it's such a great dichotomy because of how serious the, the struggle is between these siblings. So I like that. But the rest of them, I'm not saying that like, I, I, okay, I will actually give it to, I think, um, especially the Denouement at the end with Rocket understanding and yeah. Yondu yeah. understanding who they, they are. Got, Not to jump too far ahead, but I no. really, I think that part, just because that's sentiments I truly feel about yeah. myself, I was like, yeah, that hits really hard. That that yeah. was really good. So. I almost feel like Michael Rooker's caught in that role of I'm an asshole, but I'm really a good guy because it's the same way he was with Merle. Yeah, Walking well, that's what I was going to well, say. Well, I, I think I think uh, Michael Rooker has benefited from having a lot of directors like him. Yeah, and he must be a really cool guy because yeah. every single director, right, that works with him is just like, oh, Rooker, man, you know. It's <laughs> and like, he has a really he 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 has the arc in this movie. Yeah, this is he really the Yondu does. movie. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, because it, uh, you know we're gonna get to uh, Kurt Russell and uh, Star Wars, but first we're gonna take a little segue to the fact that as all this is going on, uh. The Sovereign show up after their little fleet is destroyed to a robot brothel planet. That's what I'm going to assume it is, right? Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we're young. I mean, it's, it's, it's like a Vegas thing that has brothels. Yeah. You know, but it's definitely an, it's a, it's an R&R. Because it did seem know, like the one planet. he was having sex with turned off. As soon yeah. As, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know. The, the Disney, yes, it was Cyborg Snap. Yeah, yeah. It's, that, that yeah, better be in the there. new Guardians right at California Adventure. <laughs> Robo Brothel. But I will say, uh, at that point, you know, uh, it seems like Yondu is sad. And the Ravagers are kind of bummed out. They're yeah. hanging out there. That's because the Expendables showed up. That's right. <laughs> oh, because as soon as they're done uh, having their fun, a whole different group of Ravagers led by sylvester stallone of all people heck yes uh shows up and says <laughs> you know somewhere along the lines i hope you enjoyed losing all your business from all the other ravagers right you know yeah, and rooker is yeah. all like let's talk about this and like <laughs> i loved you like a son but now i can't even look at you <laughs> we're gonna have to arm wrestle for it oh man it did not go over the top unfortunately no. <laughs> but, um, well this is where we're presented with uh the early seat of the yeah. story, main storyline were basically uh, Yondu, as a young man, was very greedy. And the Ravagers, being mercenaries, do not believe in child trafficking. Honor among thieves. Yep. And uh, Yondu's kind of like, fuck that. So he was child trafficking right. for Ego the Living Planet. And that led to him getting excommunicated by the other Ravagers. Again, one of my favorite things in movies, the one-liner that explains that plot, in case you didn't catch it. <laughs> the Russell goes... Yeah, I had Yondu bringing all my kids here. The Ravagers don't deal in kids, but he was well compensated. <laughs> Bing. Bing. Yes. Which leads us to Kurt Russell, who 
very much enjoyed being in this movie. Yeah, sure. You could tell, too. And there's a lot of times that he's been in films lately where he's kind of phoned it in, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm thinking, I'm looking at you, Fast and the Furious films. Um, you know, but but you could tell he just had this a was his This was his best role since Stuntman Mike. Absolutely. Which to me oh, yeah. is probably Absolutely. his greatest role since his 80s performances. Like, I just don't think he'll get any better than that, personally. No. He's a stuntman. Yeah. So, at this point, we find out that as he walks and talks with Star-Lord, and I don't think you could have gotten anybody better than Kurt Russell to play Chris Pratt's dad. Well, hang on. Did you, when he first appeared and he told uh, Star-Lord that he was his dad, did you see a little Jack Burton when, oh. when he goes, he goes, you're my dad? And he goes, well, I'd have thought my crushing good looks would have been the first giveaway. <laughs> yeah, no, he was he was definitely uh, John Waning it up. Oh right? yeah, but, you know, which is fine because that's pretty. The bragger kind of ass is how he uh, Chris Pratt plays Star Lord. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of see, yeah, he's Jack Burton's kid. You yeah, know? Exactly. which then made me think if anyone was going to play Jack Burton, it should have been Chris Pratt and not uh, The Rock. Yeah. But that's neither here nor I there. Do, I really wasn't kidding though. I was talking about that beginning part because it always amazes me like i it's always one of those what ifs or alternate universe things i always think of kurt russell in starman if him and john carp oh, you know yeah. if he'd yeah. been able to do that role right he would have been his pick like i don't know enough oh, about really that is that film. what happened i don't know i don't know right. enough about that film well, but i always we wonder at, uh... because the thing was released it was released shortly after the thing so their partnership had already started yeah and i just always wonder if he would have been that because i felt like in that prologue that was what it was supposed there's to be some like there's some i remember when we went to the q a thing he said he was offered some things and if he didn't understand the character he wouldn't hmm. play it i oh, forget what movie good. i think bridges does he has a kind of an innocence yeah oh true, that true. i think he, he but it does kind of give you a little bit it's it's not exactly and it's not as innocent, oh he was talking sweet. about they live Oh, was oh, it? Yeah, it. that he oh, that John God. Carpenter had talked to him about doing They Live, and he read the script, and he's like, "Nah, oh, I don't think that's God. me." Because that was fate. Because yeah. because Roddy was meant. He was yeah. meant. Oh, meant. Yeah. yeah. In the way he was very nonchalant about it, it's like, "Nah, I don't get it. That's not me." Right. So a wrestler could actually be in a good movie, yeah. and not Baywatch, yeah, right. <laughs> which yeah. which one of you fuckers is going to be doing that, taking the bullet for that one? <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Bring yeah. it okay, on. You they already know. did send it to us. So. <laughs> All right. Yes. All right. So we get to uh, first. So you know, crushing good looks, and uh, he uh, ego shows up with Mantis. Oh, the ship has crashed. By the way, yeah, that the ship crashed on a forest planet we totally yeah. did a star trek on that yeah it's like oh of course it has to get destroyed yeah and of course there's a we need you know, crystal, there's right? some conflict there where you know rocket and uh and star lord blame each other gamora's telling him don't why should you trust him it's like this is all i wanted blah 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 so it's like you know they decide to split off into two teams mm -hmm. where uh you on know another star trek thing yeah and it ends up being uh, Gamora, Star-Lord, and Drax. Drax, who go off with Ego to his planet. I think that's the part where he has that line where he looks at Rock and he goes, is it your goal to make everybody hate you? Yeah, it's which working. seemed and really like, out of character. Wow. That was harsh. It was very <laughs> harsh. I remember thinking when we were watching, like, that doesn't seem like something Star-Lord would have said, but, you know, we got to have conflict. Yeah. You know, and then uh, the Ravage. well, what do we want to jump to? The Ravagers? Uh, sure. So yeah. then, as uh, Star-Lord goes off to Ego, uh, you know, Rocket uh, stays on the planet, whereas uh, 
on the brothel planet before we get to this uh the sovereign show up in a really funny sequence where she's walking really slowly as they oh that more. that was one of the like and three the best jokes in the movie. yeah that was yeah, really yeah. funny yeah yeah and they offer yondu money to uh get uh the guardians back because you know they've been dishonored sure you know and uh what ends up happening is the ravagers attack uh was it uh it's just Rocket, Baby Groot, and Nebula, Nebula. who's mm-hmm. chained up. Yeah, who's chained up. And it's this is a really funny scene. This is a, it's a Rocket... totally murder-tastic yeah. scene. Yeah, that was yeah. great. This is one of the many murder-tastic yeah. scenes in this PG-13. Is this like the literally highest body count and slash uh, <laughs> brothel I have a prostitute want, count you know, of any like, Disney movie. This this <laughs> just reminded me of like uh, this film is not yet rated the Kirby Dick documentary about how big uh-huh. studios get a huge pass. Oh yeah, there's no way this movie should have not been rated R. Yeah. Literally yeah, yeah. hundreds of people <laughs> die, and you see it. It's it's like you know I don't get how Fox couldn't show claws going through people and, right. in Wolver- in a, in like uh, the last the Wolverine. Here we see arrows going through people's yeah, heads, yeah, and it's a PG thirteen movie. Yeah, yeah the um, well, that's a great documentary, group. by the way. Yeah, yes, it is. Um, probably one of the best ones that will really make you question the MPA if you didn't already. But the um, it'll make you question uh, the media, in the general. media in general, and people wonder why they don't trust yeah. it across the board. But uh, I was gonna say, yeah, I was like, man, this is full on first blood. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is brutal. Like, but I loved it because just. I mean, they could have played like literally. It's it's funny. You go back to the Looney Tunes thing. Oh, you we're... could put the soundtrack to exactly. that over it. And well, it'd be the especially same thing. when Rocket keeps setting off concussion grenades that kill people, <laughs> and you see their corpses bounce over the tree line. Yeah, yeah that part was right. the best. Over yeah. and over. It just yeah. goes to show if you make it funny enough, you can get away with almost anything. <laughs> when it does the yeah. seesaw effect, is yeah. just great. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. You know, but yeah, basically they get through the whole thing with Rocket killing hundreds of Ravagers, and then at the end, yep, Yondu just magically shows up. It's like, no, nah, you're fucked, right? You know, and then Nebula shows up, betrays them to the, the Ravagers. In well, hang on, before that, they they kind of get into conflict on their own because he's not going to turn them. No, in no, 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 yeah, to th- the Sovereign. Th- no, this happens at first because Nebula shoots Rocket, and then they that's how they get captured by the Ravagers. Oh yeah, yeah, and then. Yondu's like, well, I thought you were talking about Nebula no, shooting. I kind of thought she was going to try and lead the the Ravager. I did, so yeah, it, it did yeah. seem yeah. like that's where it was going. But basically, she basically traded them for supplies to go off and kill Gamora and then later Thanos. Right? You right. could you couldn't have done that because then you couldn't have had the fifty million taser face jokes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which we're getting possible. to. Right? And then yeah. were, hang on, uh, and then don't forget the the great payout of the right fruit joke yeah right? the uh After oh she yeah she shoots yondu she's got the fruit in her hand that she finally got a hold yeah. of and she bites it and she spits it out and goes it's not ripe <laughs> that was totally worth it i just it love that the whole time she was like it's right they're just fucking with yeah. me right right <laughs> I really thought they were going to carry that a little longer, even. Like, See, that really could have like carried it. through to the end oh, of the, the movie. movie. Yeah, I was totally expecting at some point for like uh, Kurt Russell to bite into that, and it would have just like killed him or something. <laughs> like that. Honestly, I thought that's where that was going, and then I was kind of disappointed where it was just like a <laughs> like some kind of weird gag, right? You know. But uh, yeah, where where were we? So basically, Yondu's like, well, no, we can't hand them over because then. Uh, all of the uh, Nova Corps is going to want to kill uh, kill us because we killed the Guardians of the Galaxy, which I appreciated that line on a lot of levels because it's like 
Yeah, that's right. Remember that giant police horse from the first movie? Right. <laughs> they're, they're actually a force of consequence. Mm-hmm. We didn't just forget about them in the sequel. Yeah. Yep. You know, but then at this point, the ship has kind of had it with Yondu because we, we get that scene where Sean Gunn is kind of telling us, like, well, have you always stood up for Star-Lord? What's the deal there? You yeah. know? And you can tell he has his own daddy issues. Yes. Um, but yeah, yeah. So. But not with his brother. Right. Yeah. 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 So at this point, there's a mutiny, and uh, Yondu's uh, Mohawk is destroyed, which we learned was the control system for his arrow. For his arrow, which was a clever way of explaining the Mohawk. Sure. Yeah. And you know he gets captured. Rocket gets captured, and then zoom into the other world where mm. uh, Kurt Russell lives in a psychedelic planet. Man, psychedelic. Right baroque renaissance <laughs> yeah. planet dude that was almost straight out of heavy the heavy metal cartoon yeah it totally was. Was. i was totally okay with that too yeah. like all that stuff like i mean guys like i gotta admit the when design... they were pulling in and they were playing my sweet lord by george harrison yeah, that right. was probably the most perfect scene yeah i loved it like because it was just like ah cgi artistry guys right. look at all this and i was like totally i'm on board <laughs> yeah there's so many colors, dude. I love colorful movies, and yeah. holy smokes, like, this movie so many was colors. colorful, yeah. indeed. And this is where uh, you know uh, Kurt Russell's going to explain to uh, Star Lord the mystery of his parentage, and that's where we find out Kurt Russell is a celestial. Yeah, but we have it explained like through like porcelain statues. Oh, you know, you know that was the Museum of Info Dumps. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good one, man. Yeah. <laughs> Trademark. <laughs> well, thank you in uh Well, Star Lord, I built this museum because I knew I'd have to explain everything to you at right. some point through the use of weird mannequins uh, and eggs. Yeah. Thank you in Drax's line. Do you have a penis? Oh god. <laughs> so here's the thing. Kurt Russell like, goes, right. I do have a penis. It's not bad. <laughs> and then and the thing is, is about the penis joke is that it's like, okay, it's like when he asked that, I was like rolling my eyes like, oh, God. But then when he answers yes. it, that was yeah. such a payoff. He's like, because there's a pause. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, and to answer your question, yes, I do have a penis. Like, you know, my favorite bit, PG, PG my favorite bit about the, my favorite thing about that whole scene is that that is an inside joke bit. Really? Because um, on Reddit, there's a squared circle. They do AMAs to all wrestlers. Uh-huh. And there's a meme question that people ask every single person that gets interviewed on the wrestling Reddit is, how big is Batista's dick? Oh, wow. Oh, so that is funny. beyond an wow. inside baseball that's question. Because, wow. like, I remember wow. they were interviewing uh, CM Punk at Wizard World or something last week. They had, Why don't you uh, do a Reddit AMA now that you're not in WWE anymore? You know, I would, but unfortunately, I know how big Batista's <laughs> dick is. So it would ruin it for all time. <laughs> Oh, nice. So there you go. That's why that scene was even funnier. Also, My mind just this, went to a very dark place. Was this the first time the word <laughs> penis has been said in a Disney film? I have to wonder. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I awesome can't think movie. of any other time. Yeah. So a lot of firsts. Thanks, James yeah. Gunn. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, you know, it's all, you know, I thought about it too the very first time when Kurt Russell appearing on screen i'm like oh it's walt disney's dream right. finally right. coming true. full circle full circle here oh, yeah man. so funny but yeah for the most part um we get we find out that uh basically ego who's uh some kind of celestial he was around at the time of the big bang and he used the molecules of the universe to turn himself into a living planet right 
around forever and decided to send out this living version of him, this human avatar of himself to find other life. And it seems also altruistic at this point. Oh, of course. And that because Star-Lord is part of him, he can also channel the energy of the living planet. And then cue the ball scene. They play catch. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. That was probably the most cringeworthy scene in the movie. I don't know. Movie. I loved it. Like, right. I, I, oh, yeah, because it was like it started. I was like, no, they're not really going here. Right. And then to have it be in slow motion. It and totally all that. reminded me of like, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Mac having, can we have a catch? Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, I was just like, oh my God, if Cats in the Crail starts playing, <laughs> oh, I'm going to yeah. fucking lose it. No, they say the and Cats then, and then, for and later. Yeah. Like, no, 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 Harry Chain was the one who did Cats right. in the oh, Crail. Right, right, is, right, right. But right, I go, yeah. that or it's going to be Father and Son. And then when yeah, they yeah, did yeah, yes, the, yes. I will say in advance, I fucking lost it there. Yeah, and yeah. went full on damn near balling. I've heard that, a lot of Because that's one of that. my favorite songs um, yeah. of all time. And it really does make me think about my father. So that hit fucking hard. Yeah. My dad hated hippies, so I never thought of him doing that. <laughs> yeah so while this is all going while all this is all going on we also had a scene where uh uh we find uh, out a bit about uh kurt russell's uh avatar uh basically the silver surfer to his galactus here mantis yeah you know, uh whose job it is to make him go to sleep yeah that's a heck of a job yeah it's like she can feel i wonder if that's people. gonna come in later yeah i wonder right. i wonder <laughs> So there's so much in this movie that you see and like, will that come into play later? But mm. this is also the first of of uh, many jokes where Drax talks about how unattractive she is. Oh my god! Yes. Which is great. funny, guys, because she's actually super cute. Yeah, on the yeah. inside. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm pumped. The best part of that was when he was dry heaving, and she's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Oh, I'm imagining <laughs> us being together." Oh. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> 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 Yeah, so, but, you know, again, like, hey, Drax, you were hilarious in the first movie, and you're super funny, like, 35% of the time in this movie, <laughs> but there's just that other 65%. Yeah. And and I was wondering, um, you know, I, do you think this has something to do with Nicole Perlman not being on this film? This is kind of what I think, because I remember so many people were championing, championing uh, Drax. Uh-huh. In the first movie, it's like, oh, he's clearly, he's, like, kind of, like, autistic, but he's, like, functioning. <laughs> he's high-functioning, right? right? Sure. This movie, they just kind of went, like, full... Full Archer? Yeah, like, full like, Eugene from the WWE. <laughs> you know? I wasn't even thinking of that, but, I mean, I know, I mean, I think he's more, like, this guy's just kind of, he's kind of, like, uh... It is. It's like almost like a total bro or Chet from Weird Science or something, <laughs> yeah. but he's, like, but he's not cognizant of it like it's I, it just, you have i mean you can chalk it up and say well they've been spending so much time together with star lord the and mm-hmm. doing stuff and maybe he's just become a douche over time well and the thing is he's he i think he's not doing it to be funny he's just having a good time yeah he, he doesn't really care what anybody else is doing we also him. explains even more in this film where he's talking about you know how is how he met his wife and like you understand a little bit more about his culture and like where he comes from and stuff like that so i think you're led to believe that he's an outlier in one respect of where he comes from yeah. so maybe that the, that's, that, good point. that's supposed to be his development is oh that right that point? was the whole thing that like you're either a dancer or you're not, not. right yeah and the funny thing is he's absolutely nothing like the drags from marvel comics mm-hmm. at all yeah He's a, the Drax in the comics is a super serious, I'm a warrior, I just want to fight, I want to kill shit, 
You know what I mean? Which there was a lot of that in the first movie, I think. Yeah. But I, I do feel like in the first movie there was a lot more um, character development all around. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I still think one of the biggest mistakes Guardians 1 made was killing off Ronan. Because he came off as such a better uh, villain than Thanos did. Like, a million percent. Like, I would have had, like, if you told me, like, who's a better villain, Ronan or Thanos? I'm like, well, clearly Ronan. Thanos doesn't fucking do anything. Yeah. Thanos has got to do something. I think they're here. trying to keep Thanos kind of masked a little bit. Number one, I think, because they're not sure exactly what they're doing with him yet. Yeah. And what his, how they're going to work him in. Because, obviously, if you're talking about the Infinity Gauntlet, you can't have that without Thanos. But I think they're trying to keep the character masked because they're not exactly sure what direction they're going with. Well, you're yet. also at this point where it's 2017. We're already almost halfway through the year. It's going to be 2020 in a couple of years. And I mean, I remember back in like 2009 when uh, the MCU was playing till 2020. Yeah. You know, now they're playing till 2030. Yeah. So now they're yeah. like, oh, shit, we got to come up with another 10 years of stuff. It's like it's like soap operas. It's like, oh, we really got to start thinking about this. Like how many well, characters? Well, there's there's out. one thing I will get into as we get a little further. Um, but uh, let's see, where were we at right now? At the part with the um, after she was, Mantis. And she was explaining to them she's an empath. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and at this point we get back to the Ravagers, where uh, they're the evil Ravager faction led by Taserface. Yeah. Taserface! Who's another running joke. He quickly becomes another running joke. Uh, Starts killing off all the Ravagers we liked from the first movie. More murder. Yes. Lots of murder here. Tommy Flanagan out the airlock. Tommy Flanagan, (laughs) who I didn't even really remember. And then I was like, what the fuck? They put him in here just to kill him. That was stupid. Who's Tommy Flanagan? Uh, He was in Sons of Anarchy. Okay. Yeah, he was also in Gladiator. He's the one with the weird star. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which he really does have. Some days I do what I want to do. Most days I do what I have to. Yeah. 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 Got it. No. So uh, as they're killing all the game. Yeah. David Fincher's The Game. Oh, yeah. The yeah, cab driver. I totally yeah. This is yeah. the part that kind of got to me because I felt bad that they were picking on Baby Groot. And he was, and they had the little tear yeah. <laughs> running down his face. Which is essentially like, child abuse, but it, right? it's all right. right. Yeah. He's an alien. And I was like, man, this is really fucked up right here. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they all kind of end up in the same cell. And this is where Yondu and Rocket have their big, we're the same person moment. Sure. Of several. Yeah, but but it is like I said, the real development of both of them, the real uh, growth. Yeah, and then where you essentially find out that you know Star Lord, you know, considers himself. I mean, uh, Yondu considers himself Star Lord's father, and that's why he protected him all this time. Yeah, and I definitely think that the whole part where they send Baby Groot to get the Finn, oh my god, and he keeps on coming back with it was too long. It was way too long. In my opinion, that is kind of encapsulates the problems I have with the film. Is that that joke was funny the first two or three times, but it went on way, way, way too long. And I think that it was that it was all those other jokes that they just kept going. Well, there was no real payoff to the. the severed toe one, which I right. was waiting for. I actually thoroughly enjoyed that scene. Uh, yeah. I it, it might have been a little long, but I think they did it where they they kind of capped it well, where they should have. But the yeah, the severed toe was, was freaking hilarious. And, and yeah, and then in hindsight, you this is probably there to like make what follows somewhat more palatable because eventually, 
Baby Groot brings in this, or uh, no, Sean Gunn brings in the Finn. Right. And uh, that's where Sean Gunn defects to the good guy's side. Yeah. And once Yondu gets that Finn, oh it's God, like yeah. the uh, Yondu Arrow Massacre. <laughs> yeah, Because he straight up fucking kills hundreds and hundreds of people. Totally. It's the second murder palooza right. in this movie. I mean, the third the one, one, if you count the, the oh, guys true. getting flushed out the airlock. Yeah. Oh, that's um, true, true. Yeah, totally. Um, one thing I'll say, though, and this is something I, I really do want to praise James Gunn for, is I, th- what a beautiful visual storyteller he yeah. is. Um, that whole sequence with the arrow kind of zipping all through, yeah. making all these patterns and everything, like, was just gorgeous. And some of the ways that he he frames shots sometimes... Um, I don't know where this came from. I mean, I, I like Slither quite a yeah. lot, but I don't, when I think about Slither, I don't think about Slither being a gorgeous visual film. No. I don't think about, I certainly don't think that about Super. Um, you know, and so it's just to me. Super has a, a couple of really, at the end where, uh, Rain Wilson's looking at all the mm-hmm. drawings in the in that right. slow pan. That's yeah. a good shot. It I, is. I think Slither has them, but I think, I know what you're saying it's something he, developed yeah it took time and to he's get getting there. really good at it and i feel this film even more than the first one i think the first one had a lot of really well composed shots but there are just some really great shots of just you know there was one i i can't remember it may have been in the um I, you know ego palooza at the end of the movie which we'll yeah. get to but it was just one shot of star lord and it, he was really small in the frame with just this beautiful background against the you know in the background there and it was just uh, you know there's just some of these shots that i think are absolutely gorgeous his use of color is tremendous and nowhere more in that that the the arrow murder uh <laughs> massacre mm. um did uh did, did that seem more evident you know yeah no and that was good i mean uh but yeah, we keep talking about Teaser Face, but basically, uh, even though Rocket's locked up with Yondu right before this happens, and that's when, you know, as they're about to kill Yondu prior to this, you know, this guy's like, ah, and everyone will know the name of Taser Face, and Rocket just loses it, like, Taser Face? Yeah. You picked this name for yourself? <laughs> really? It's metaphorical. It's <laughs> metaphorical. That's... Such a good line, but delivered in such a stupid scene. But uh, this sets up the running joke that he's a fucking moron for picking. It's like, do yeah. tases come out of your face? <laughs> and that they all like laugh about it behind his back, and he doesn't realize it. And only now, because well, Rocket's no, even, saying something. Even at the hour of his death, when he contacts yes, the, the uh, sovereign, the sovereign <laughs> to uh, let him know where Yondu is. Right. It's I want still... him to know the name of the man that betrayed him. Taser face, and the chick's like. <laughs> which i want to know like is taser face an actual like character i don't think so i don't think so yeah. not that i know although you can, 90s marvel you never know yeah they have, like kill razor and yeah. death's head and all that shit but uh yeah so at this point uh you know rocket and yondu and sean gun mm-hmm. i don't really and baby groot end up well no and then baby groot fucking kills revenge. that guy Oh right, yeah. yeah. That's the guy that was torturing him. Yeah. Most. yeah, yes, baby Groot murder. Yeah, yeah. you know, which but you gotta have, which I was gonna mention. But yeah, there's a lot of. Uh, I mean, that whole sets. Like I said, the one thing that the film probably does well is that it balances. You know, if you haven't heard by now in the spoiler cast, the two storylines between Yondu and the Ravagers, and then Ego and Star Lord. Yeah, and that I mean, it's there, very. There's... 
they go back and forth. They do. Both. And at this point, um, you know, they're about to get uh get try to find a Star Lord and uh, you know, Gamora and the rest of them, so they decide to use a space jump and they are like you know, you're only supposed to do like five or six. Fifteen. Yeah, fifteen jumps. We're gonna do seven hundred. And you get this totally like like uh like rat fink looking visual effect. It totally reminded me of uh Total Recall. Yeah, it reminded me of like those Mars. rat things with like the big eyes yeah, yeah. and like ah, the old of, hot rodding yeah. thing, yeah. Oh but, totally. And as it keep jumping, you stop at this one scene where it is Stanley in a spacesuit. <laughs> Talking to the Watcher. Talking to the Watcher. What? Uh, mind blown. Well, here's where this blew my mind. Because the Watchers first show up in Fantastic Four. And as oh. I understand this Marvel deal, one of the big issues they had is like, well, if a character originates in one of the show, in one of the comics that Fox has the rights to, they can't use it. And exclusively, they've actually were at a point where they made up a character that old Nick Fury plays in the comics just because they thought they couldn't use the Watchers anymore, where he was like just like the overseer or something. Mm -hmm. and he lives on the moon. He does the Watchers job because they killed the Watchers off in the comic. So you're trying to tell me I, that... I think, and I'm really shocked because I have looked around day after day to see if anyone's ever really going to mention this. But, you know, we live in the age of unfortunate fake geek culture uh-huh. where it's like, oh, I only know it if somebody else told me on a BuzzFeed article. Right. This essentially tells me that uh, Dis- that Disney has the rights back to the Fantastic Four. Yeah, well, yeah that would be amazing. They already did it with uh, Quicksilver. That's why they had to kill him off in the Age of Ultron. It's because Quicksilver was already part of the X-Men yeah. franchise. Well, they had shared rights to some characters. If if they're a significant enough part, you know, because mm-hmm. Quicksilver was immune, but he was also originally introduced in Avengers, so mm-hmm. they both got rights to him. The same thing, they could do the same thing and have Scarlet Witch in the Fox Mutant Universe, but they aren't for whatever reason. By the way, I just want to say from the trailer, I'm actually more and more excited about Homecoming. I really wasn't at all interested, but I'm like, I actually want to check this I out. I think that's going to be a big sleeper, and it's yeah, because that that's that's where it seems to be heading. That movie's going to make a fuck ton of it's money. It's a big question. I, I mean, I do, I do wonder is is there any uh, goodwill left towards Spider Man after the Spider Man three? There's, there's a lot more left than there is towards all Fantastic know, Four. I'll I was tell you say, that. Yeah. All I yeah. know about that Homecoming trailer is I never thought I would be like, dude, Ant Man's hot. <laughs> <laughs> All I all I know is the fact that the Watchers were in this. I was just, this was one of my first like <gasps> moments. Like, yeah, what that the... got, I, I kind of geeked out a little bit. Yeah. Too. So as they jump through, and then eventually they end up, and we've been kind of shortchanging the Star Lord plot, but I mean, od- honestly, there really isn't that much to it. Yeah. Um, you know, because as we find out, uh, and he and we get it once again the Museum of Info Dumps versus uh. <laughs> Kurt Russell mannequins making out with dinosaurs and all manner of <laughs> other monsters. Um, because Star-Lord actually has the celestial gene and all the other kids... <laughs> just wait a minute. We just say that Kurt Russell mannequins making out with dinosaurs. And all you didn't see that? Like, no, I did. It's what? just the, oh, yeah. it like the sentence bug... on its own like truly puts everything in perspective. Yeah, bug-like creatures and... <laughs> Apparently, well, what happened was... Oh, no. Gamora crashes through... Yeah, because we'll just get to the actual way it happens. Right. Gamora beats Yondu and Raccoon there. 
finds uh, Gamora out in like the desert, which I assume is Ego's receding hairline or something, <laughs> and starts just like strafing her like out of North by Northwest or something. Crashes the ship into her into a cavern. Oh, that's just... no, that's, that's uh, Nebula. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nebula, I keep getting yeah. their that's names Nebula. mixed up. But and then they just have this epic fight scene that yeah, at one point yeah. she picks up the gun from the ship and starts shooting at it. Yeah. Where did where did the power come from? Right. <laughs> and as they keep on going, they get to Boing the out your plot <laughs> elsewhere. They get to the basement, apparently, of Ego's planet, where we see a gen- like a genocide bone orchard. Ego's planet doesn't have a it's basement. Straight, <laughs> it was straight up an intergalactic killing field, man. Yeah. I've and been Yon- to Cambodia. And so Yondu's, Yondu's hip to what's going on, Yon- because he's the one the, that was taking Yondu is there. clearly known about this right from the get-go, yeah. which gives him a lot more pathos as to why he didn't want to turn over Star-Lord in the first place. But what kills me is the fact that Star Lord never once really realized that Yondu like cared about him like in a father son relationship. Because you remember uh, how did Guardians One start, where he was trying to screw Yondu out of yeah. money? He's oh, always yeah. trying to screw yeah. Yondu over. Yeah, yeah. So it was very interesting. We tried to eat him. So. Yeah, true. Which also <laughs> has its great uh, uh, finality in the end, where yeah. you realize all these different things that why Yondu did it. But the uh, uh, part with the uh, the boneyard thing. Also, I was like, yeah. "Damn, this is pretty heavy." Yeah. Like you were talking about the making out thing. On all I could think of was, "Yeah," I was like, "Man, he's kind of like full on Captain Kirk. He'll fuck anything." Right. Like, yeah. I mean, it's you really realize that. Like, well, we haven't really touched on yeah because yeah. he was going across the galaxy and mating with whatever species he came across to try to make an heir or someone who was like him. Yeah, and, and at the, the same time planting pieces of himself so on he every could, planet. Uh, you know, get the full body snatchers thing going yeah. on and become the universe, <laughs> much like Unity and Rick and Morty. Yes, yeah. Oh, he's the, he's actually the blob. More importantly, yeah, yeah, like exactly. he literally is the blob. Yeah, but, but um, really fast. But uh, the only one it yeah, took with blob. the only Turbo. one it took with was Star Lord. Yeah, and then Star Lord. You know, at first, you know, he gets mesmerized by uh, by uh, ego. I mean, it's a power type thing. Well, but, now he can harness the power from yeah. within. He finds they and, actually can't but he, do it. He, you know, he's more than willing to go along with it until he, he mentions in passing, oh, you know, I loved your mom. I really hated putting that tumor in her head. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And that dun, was, dun, dun, oh, dun. once again, I mean, they just dump it there. And yeah. like half the audience at our screening was like, oh, <gasps> <laughs> what? So soap opera, yet so Marvel. And, and that was it. That's all she wrote. And that's right. when. Kurt Russell's like, well, I'll just use you as a battery. Maybe a thousand years of that, and you'll change your mind about helping me. By the way, I'm the villain. Yeah, you didn't know I'm the bad guy? Right. It wasn't obvious at this point. Oh, which, point. by the way, of course, um, Mantis leads this on for, like, right. numerous yeah. scenes. Oh, yeah, I had yeah. to tell you something. No, I don't. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I don't. Yeah, I do. No, I don't. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And well, again, this Drax movie is, movie is on, a lot know. of fun. But, totally. I mean, it, to, to be honest, I mean, it's really... They, I won't say predictable. It tips its hat as many times as it can, <laughs> yeah. over and over, over yeah. and over. Especially uh, after the movie, yeah, like in the the credit scenes and stuff. Yeah, I mean, early on we get a scene where uh, you before know, before we get to that, one, no, no, I, no, I just want to touch oh, on something I missed oh, earlier. Uh, the fact that uh, you know, early on, Gamora's like, "Well, remember you told me that story about how when you were a kid, you told people David Hasselhoff was your dad." 
you know, oh, Warwick sure. and the Knight Rider reference. And then, you know, it's like, I think that story's pathetic. I love that story, you know. Uh-huh. And you still have the TV guy, David Hasselhoff, picture yeah. in, in his pocket. And it wasn't messed up at all. No. That's what bugged me. It wasn't all wrinkly oh, and dirty. Well, and... Let, let's get to the fact that they can get a picture-perfect de-aged, uh, de-aged David Kurt Hasselhoff. Russell. Oh, yet, okay. at once, once, uh, once Star-Lord realizes that uh, Kurt Russell has deceived him, he starts using his power, shoots him up, and Kurt Russell morphs into current David, David Hasselhoff, Hasselhoff. Yeah. dressed as old David Hasselhoff. Yeah, which I mean, you think about. It, I guess people needed to know it was David Hasselhoff. I think because current, like old Hoff, is funnier. Yeah, you know. Yeah, cheeseburger Hoff. Yes, it's, it's much funnier. <laughs> yeah. Don't hassle the Hoff. How have I totally forgotten about the cheeseburger thing until you just said? <laughs> it's because I have, I have probably watched the roast of David Hasselhoff probably fifty yeah. times in my life. Oh, man. So I need to watch that now. <laughs> oh my god! It just like came it's right still... back into my memory. It's like such a gift. <laughs> I can't remember who lived. Who yeah. said the uh, Who said the line in the movie that so what? Your dad wasn't a big actor or a rock star in Germany. Uh, yeah, I can't remember who said the line, but it was yeah. amazing. Yeah, but yeah. It, it really works. The only thing no, I want... no, uh, Star Lord says that. So your dad wasn't a uh, rock star in Germany. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. But and no, have we, have we talked about? I don't know if we skipped over, but the the. Gamora and Star Lord in their little dance scene. Oh, the unspoken. See, uh, unspoken I kind of, I kind of thought that was unnecessary. It was almost it like was filler. There. It was filler, but it, to it, give, it was it filler does, it is... to give Rocket and Yondu time. Explain how they had time to get there. I right. Think. It's once again another example of let, we want to tell you everything. Yeah. And don't assume anything. Like, the thing about an unspoken thing is that you don't talk about the fact yeah. that, there's that an it's unspoken. unspoken. <laughs> and then they tell you that, right? Yeah, yeah you know. But yeah, it's it's like yeah, we get it. They've got a Sam and Diane thing going on, yeah. you know. Um, but you know, I do think it was that sweet little scene between them, and I do like to watch those two dance and everything. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's a, I I like that. And I, I mean, hey, any chance that we can listen to Sam Cook? I mean, if there's a single human being on this planet that didn't know about Sam Cook that got exposed to it because of this movie, mm-hmm. then that seems totally worth it. Yeah. That's kind of the way I feel about Angel of the Morning with Deadpool. I was oh, like, yeah. hey, if you, if you now know it, that's yeah. one of the best songs ever written. I'm dead fucking serious, yes. man. Like, so more power to you. But I, I will say, I mean, this movie like tips its hat to the fact that they need the, that the music is such an important factor. But mm-hmm. at some points, it's almost Too silly, yeah. like to the point where Kurt like, Russell talking along with the lyrics to explain to yeah. Star Wars why he did what he did, or the part like you watch. I'm sure you. Yeah. That's the part you're thinking about in the ship. It's like, does anybody have one of those one of his mixtapes? Yeah. You know, and it's like because that oh, would be really good right now. Right. Come on, yeah, you know, yeah. It's like I understand. Look, I appreciate diegetic music. Um, it's very rarely done. Um, when every this and Deadpool is... do it really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Deadpool, and, uh, that's why I brought no, no, it up. Yeah, because like the, the even like Shoop, I was like, God, I just want to listen to Salt and Pepper. Yeah. The rest <laughs> well, of the yeah, week, it's like, one of those things so that's good. interesting because like even American Gods is doing it and using the songs from the book. Yeah, you know, even that's though they cool. seem they stray from the book randomly for no reason at times right um but yeah so as we're getting this you know we're we're pretty much near the end here um we're getting to where the sovereign decide you know they they got the coordinates for the ship so they follow them to ego the living planet where at this point we realize the big bad of the movie is a giant planet Mm -hmm. which 
presents a lot of unique challenges. Hey, at least it's not a giant pillar of light. Yeah. You know? I yeah. Mean, I will progress. say, we have gone to the point now where here's a comic book movie where the villain is a giant planet. It's a giant planet. It's not a <laughs> swarm of ships or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck Galactus was supposed to be. I was be. just going to say yeah. In the Fantastic yeah. Four, oh my God. Silver Surfer one, where they oh, they they I threw saw... you a bone by giving you the shadow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. dumb. I so want to see an actual like giant Galactus. Yeah. Well, it's funny ones. when I was sitting there when they showed him as the planet with the face. Yeah, and I thought to myself, "Where's Galactus when you need him?" <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> right? yeah. Him. Come on, just eat him, man. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, if you're getting to the point now where you're working through the Celestials and Thanos and you have 10 more years of movies, the yeah. Watchers here are clearly meant to be the signpost that Galactus is coming. Yeah, well, this works. The The fact that the, the bad guy was a planet works in that the spacey, alien-y part of the Marvel Universe with the uh, with you know with Galactus and Thanos and uh, the Nova Corps and Guardians of the Galaxy all all of the people that you deal with in that space part that's the kind of shit that they fought was yeah. planets um, yeah. you know universe I want type it. Of shit. I want him to go there I want him to go like full cosmic man yeah. like I want Silver Surfer and I want Galactus well I don't think uh, I I think James Gunn isn't afraid to go there yeah you know. But we'll, we'll, uh, we'll go. We'll get there in a minute because I mean we're almost near the end of the movie. So at this mm-hmm. point, you know, uh, uh, the Guardians go in there. They're getting eaten by the planet after Mantis serves as massive info dumps. Yeah, this is what you have to do to beat this boss. I'll, yeah. I'll make him go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Then you have to kill the brain. Yeah. You know, she's the, the, the whole... strategy guide. Yeah, basically. The, the whole ending of that thing was. Um was just a real blur to me i mean, did it feel that way to it, you it's guys? a lot of rock fighting i know at one point star lord turns into pac-man yeah i remember pac-man yeah and and i liked it don't get me wrong yeah. like i was but it's hard to follow it was so much color yeah. and everything happening and at the all same at time the sovereign is attacking all right of them. right but it was just like because i felt the movie kind of dragged for a while in terms of there was like a long time with no real action sequence at all yeah. and then it was like wow it's like it was like kind of like a Transformers movie, but yeah. like not as muddy looking. Ugh. Well, there's Which a lot going there, there's on. There's the trailer that, that makes you want to kill yourself oh. in the beginning. Like, oh god, I don't want to live in a world yeah. where it's another Transformers but Mark movie. Mark Wahlberg. I just, right? I just <laughs> look. I do this every year, guys. Like I say, like I'm not gonna go see that piece of trash. And then it comes out, and it's like the only thing out. And I'm like, I feel like seeing a movie. I'll go watch the dumb yeah. Transformers movie, and I regret it every single time. Like somebody, I need an intervention. It's okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it's okay. <laughs> Stop me. But hey, don't forget we gotta have the the we have to have our final funny group baby group moment here oh, amidst yeah. all the action. Yeah, because as all this is happening, uh, Rocket builds an A bomb yeah. for him to leave at the planet, but he has to understand how to set it up. <laughs> and I think that it, it's a throwback to the earlier scene where you know baby group keeps Go get fucking up. Yeah, and we're like, this isn't gonna end yeah. well until it magically does. Of course, of course it does. Yeah. And then at the end, we get as as the bomb is about to go off. Kurt Russell finally realizes what the fuck is about to happen, and has that a uh, oh shit, no, 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 I don't want to do this anymore. And then you know, Star Lord is like, no, I have to. St- you don't realize. What- Boom. <laughs> you know, I did like that. That like right at the end, the uh, ego's like, oh fuck, you know, yeah, right. something more important is happening here. Damn like it. holy crap, I'm yeah. really gonna die. Yeah, yeah, and uh, of course, all of this sets up the hands down best moment of the entire film mary poppins 
Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because as as we're going through all this, uh, Yondu, you know, saves saves Star Lord. Right. And they come floating down <laughs> with the arrow. Yeah. And he's like, "Oh man, you're just like Mary Poppins." And Yondu goes, "Was he a badass?" <laughs> and he's like, "Yes." He absolutely was. He's like, hey, I'm Mary Poppins. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Which turned into meme fodder immediately all over the internet. Dude, my, my favorite thing that I saw this, just to prove how fucking commercially driven geeks are nowadays, was I saw people selling Yondu Funko Pop figures in Mary Poppins boxes. Oh, oh my god. Stop it. Yes. That is just I just want to jump out of a window right yeah. now. Guys, burn it all down. Yeah. It's over. <laughs> oh jeez. It's all over. I, I'm not even kidding. I just like literally this is something that <sighs> I saw and I'm like I'm over it. I'm done. With the attached arrow. <laughs> I'm sure uh, right. arrow umbrella. I mean fuck it. Oh. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then as he's trying to save uh he's trying to save Star Lord. You know, this is the kind of thing that I hated because it's like such a pointless death for Yondu because all he would have had to do is steal Star Lord's little helmet. Yeah. Cuz this scene totally echoes on with Gamora. Mhm. I mean, clearly Yondu would know about the helmet. He dies for no reason. Yeah. Agreed. But, well, no, not for no reason. It's to make that last scene a yeah. lot more, you know, meaningful. And, yeah, and you know, but but, but they're, it's they're like I was telling you yesterday. This movie's enjoyable. Just don't pull up the cards too hard. <laughs> right, right. Because it's just it. It works on the surface level. Yeah. Don't think about it too hard. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Yondu forgets all about Star Lord's helmet. There's no scene given where the helmet breaks or anything. It's always there. Mm-hmm. He sets the thing up and they go up into space. And, you know, and then it's, you know, Rocket. What was it? Uh, he says, like, he does, he, they're taking off because I don't want to lose two friends today. Because Gamora was going to go back for Star-Lord. Lord. Yeah, so clearly Yondu and his bonding didn't necessitate a friendship. That was a weird line that bothered me when I was watching it. Right. It's like, you know, but eventually they do end up you know, saving Star Lord, and then they tell all the other Ravagers that Yondu died. Pretty much saved the universe. Yeah, so then they all show up and have a fireworks party. The Ravager funeral. Yeah, which it's, I thought it's, that was cool. It which... was cool because, but at the same time, it really does make this like you know, this is totally like a trilogy, and this is totally the Empire sure. Cameo yeah. City, yeah. and then that was Cameo City. Yeah, and yeah, fireworks yeah. Party. Yeah, because then, then we end up, you know, clearly you have a movie where Sylvester Stallone is a side character. He's in it for five minutes. And one of his underlings is Michelle Yeoh. Mm-hmm. Tell yeah. me they're not set up for another movie. I want that movie. I don't care. I'll watch yeah. the heck out of oh. that movie. You know, it's like, come on, though. I mean, you've got, you you literally realized from the very beginning when he first was on screen, like the Expendables thing was not a joke. No. Yeah. It's yeah. literally like, okay, let's dredge up some other 90 stars and action stars, <laughs> and you as the 80s action star gets to lead them. It's yeah. like, okay, yeah. And then the disembodied Miley Cyrus voice totally, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah fuck yeah. Amy. Right. Like, I was really shocked. I was really, really shocked we did not see Bruce Willis in that scene. True. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually kind of looking for it. Yeah. Well, like, this was the Tango and Cash sequel we never dreamed we'd get. True. Right? But if you talk about setting up a trilogy, quadrilogy, I don't know. It, the whole franchise is the the four four stingers in this movie. Yes, which so is probably what, how we should go out. The first stinger on. is what the Ravager one. 
Yeah. Right. They're learning Yondu's arrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Oh, oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's Shotgun. basic. And he it's shoots Drax. New, he's with the it. new Yondu. Yeah, he's right. the new Yondu. So he hit. So basically, Mantis, Nebula, and Sean Gunn's character mm-hmm. are all the new Guardians. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Which gives this starting to give it a super far skate vibe. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which they kind of give away because on the movie poster, Nebula's standing against yeah. the wall with them. Mm-hmm. Like she's part of the yeah. group. Yeah, as is Mantis. Yeah, I believe, right? No, Mantis is not. Uh, I know I've got like a cup with, with her the black and white one that looks like an old eighties John. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, John Hughes poster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, so, yeah, Stinger number two is Sylvester Stallone, Michelle Yeoh, and their whole little team. Now, what? It, it's was, a good thing. It, it sucks that Yondu died, but at least it got us all on the same page. Right? Now, I'm a little sketchy on this part of the Marvel universe. I'm pretty sure that was an actual team. But I don't know who it was. I haven't had a chance um, to look I've, it up I looked yet. this up. Like I think that they are just one of the incarnations of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Because yeah. that's had a lot of different lineups over the years. Yeah. Since this is the like 2000s. So like maybe they were like the first ones or something. Yeah, because yeah. there's lots of different I, ones. They weren't the first ones. I think yeah. it was like a run in the 80s or the 90s. Because they, they really were. played it. They Well, they really played it as you should have known who they were. And yeah. I was yeah. a little embarrassed that I didn't. Yeah, no, it was because like, I looked it up and apparently that specific group was during like a, a popular run, uh, I guess, is what it was. Yeah, there's lots of difference. There's like a Vance Astro who's like Captain America from the future. There's one that has a... Venom Space Knight, where it's you know the Venom symbiote on a ROM Space Knight. That's awesome. Yeah, but there's tons of weird Guardians of the Galaxy teams. Uh, That's what I'm thinking. I'm fucking totally forgetting Bing Rames, man. Oh Oh, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bing Rames. I was like, there's one other like '90s star in there. Yeah, heck yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, and then what was Stinger number three? Was that Stanley the, was Adam Warlock? Stan, yeah, Stan. No, yeah. No, was Warlock before? Stan? Adam Warlock was the last one. Yeah, I think. was it? Oh, you are right. Yeah, yeah. Stinger number three is Stanley talking mm-hmm. to the uh, Watchers about all his cameos in the Marvel universe, <laughs> which uh, tells MCU us... Fantastic <laughs> Four confirmed. Yeah, you know, you heard it here first. Yeah, um, he's telling them. Oh, the time I was. Uh, FedEx delivery guy, which was his cameo at the end of Avengers 2 yeah. Age of Ultron. Yeah. If he had said at the time I was a UPS guy. Tony Stank. Yeah. <laughs> Tony Stank. Oh, Sna- that's right. Yeah. He, he was a UPS. Are you Tony Stank? Yeah. He was a U, uh, U, USPS guy in uh, the Fantastic yeah. Four movies. You know, so that's right. kind of interesting. So, I mean, they left that open. It was like, well, you can take this as Fantastic Four or... Avengers. Yeah, but and they did the Stanley, whole walk away. And he's, hey, hey, come back! You're my ride home. <laughs> but this makes Stanley basically the only character who exists in all the Marvel universes that's the same character. He's just a watcher, which is as it should be. Which honestly, I was like, if Stanley doesn't do any more cameos, that would be the, the perfect cameo for him to go out on. Yeah, yeah, you it's know? true. It would. Yeah. So yeah, the uh, the uh, Father Time might not allow that. So yeah. uh, <laughs> since, uh, but it's still, I mean, like I said, it's pretty amazing. He's still up and doing Heck cons yeah. and stuff. I mean, he's ninety three, three or four. He, I think now, he said yeah. he's not going to do any more cons. I heard. Yeah. Um, but he's like he's super energetic and zippy still. You know? Yeah. I yeah. keep hoping I'll just run into him at the mall randomly. Uh, that'd be amazing. Right. I was at my first ever uh, of like the San Diego Comic Con. I was at the the bar. 
of the like, the Sheraton that's right next door to the and he was like in the booth right next to me. Nice. And I was like, wow, that's Stan Lee. And of course, like people were walking up and his like kind of security entourage were like, yeah, can you not? And I'm like, of course, I'm not going to walk up to Stan Lee. But you you're going to turn turn around and ask him about Cox and stuff like that, right? Because <laughs> that that's what you have to. That do was it, only right? acceptable in the nineties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. And then Superhero. the final, the final, the final stinger, which is the Sovereign sitting there all defeated. Pretty much going, we'll get those Guardians oh, well, of the Galaxy. I don't think we also skipped Teen Group. Oh, yes. oh yeah. that's why it's out of yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I think I skip over things that I think are stupid, <laughs> I do think the reading of his ain't group, you know, kind yeah. of like, you know, yeah. nah, 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 just I thought that was pretty Yeah, funny, so actually. yeah, basically, uh, Star-Lord goes into Groot's room. It's super messy. There's leaves everywhere. I like that he's <laughs> growing his leaves out over his eye, like <laughs> emo style. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Uh, but so you think then the next movie we're going to have, it's going to be Teenage Groot then? Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and then, you know, the Sovereign's all, like, you know, basically her government is all against her because she's blown all their money trying to kill the Guardians. And, uh, Which you never hear in movies. That was nice to hear. Yeah, like, right. you blew the entire budget. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, but... Then, like, that and THX 1138. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And then, there, <laughs> you know, the helper's like, oh, you're using one of the regeneration pods. And I'm thinking, oh, she's going to kill herself and her clone's going to get executed or something. And then you you look at it and it's like the cocoon from the collectors. You know, that, and it's like, oh, and... He will be our weapon against the Guardians, and we will call him Adam. Adam. And yeah. I will give huge props to James Gunn, because the entire time the side villain of this movie were golden-skinned, mm-hmm. right. blonde people, and, and not never made once connection. Yes. did we fucking make yeah, that yeah, connection. I, like, total props to him. Yeah, yeah. Well played. Yeah. And well well done, Shyamalan speaking Gunn. Of, uh, speaking of, like, a few minutes ago, Galactus... <laughs> Uh, Adam Warlock was a herald of Galactus at one time, mm-hmm. so this could also be a, a segue into that. Well, Who knows? I think this was really clever in a lot of ways because the way uh, the way they treated Ego, the Living Planet, in this movie is basically uh, they he was basically the High Evolutionary, which mm-hmm. I'll, I'll show you. But basically, the High Evolutionary is this character who started off as human and over time evolved to become this omniscient being to the point where he creates life creates this world called Counter-Earth, and uh, one of the people who grows there in a cocoon is Adam Warlock, you know, and then he fight. then uh, High Evolutionary's enemy, Man-Wolf, tries to destroy, uh, you know, turn the people of Counter-Earth against each other. High Evolutionary's going to destroy the planet because the experiment is flawed, so Adam Warlock says he can redeem the people. Mm. It's this very cosmic space Jesus yep. thing with Adam Warlock. And, like, they mishmashed a lot of that in here, where basically Ego was the high evolutionary, and, right. like, Star-Lord was, you know, Adam Warlock. And Adam Warlock's also important to the Infinity War storyline they have going. Yeah. Because in the comics, he's the one that ends up holding the Infinity Gauntlet at the end of everything. Yeah, spe- it works, especially now, since Ego's dead. Uh, we're led to believe that uh, Star-Lord can no longer old infinity stone right and now he's human like everybody yeah else. should we uh fan cast adam warlock what do you think they're gonna do um i don't know i'm sure it'll probably be like nicholas cage <laughs> oh, god. all right god please let that be oh, so god the bees 
You know, no, I think it'll actually probably... The one thing I will say is, is that I've noticed with casting is they do tend to find a lot of um, new and unfamiliar people. Yeah. Which and, I Because, like. I mean, I just... I mean, there's, like, a lot of people. Like, I'm even Dane looking at... It, it won't be somebody <laughs> unknown. No, no, but, it might not yeah. be. But at the same time, like, somebody like... You know, I'm looking at um, Victor up here in the, the studio has his, like, uh, Superman. Like, I never heard of Henry... Uh, Henry yeah, Cavill, true, Cavill true. ever in my life, and there I'm like, oh my god, from, he looks just like yeah, him. Yeah, like, he might be like, somebody from like Game of Thrones or right, one of these. Right. I think, uh, I think Hollywood has really learned its lesson from the '90s Batman movies that just because you cast a super mega star in a role doesn't mean it's going to be a hit movie. Yeah, oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, true. Arnold Very Schwarzenegger is Mister Freeze, Tommy Lee Jones is Two Face, etc., <laughs> right. etc. It doesn't make for yeah, I. And plus, it's smart for the studios because you're saving your budget. If you get a really good actor that's not that yeah. well known, you're paying them a fraction of what you're going to pay it could Sylvester be, Stallone. It or could be like uh, Charlie Hunnam. Oh, Come no. on, Thanos. No. You and me. Oh, my God. Yeah. There we go. Boom. I don't um, even want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. I, was just I just say. did a review on uh, King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, oh, which will be up you? on. It'll be oh, up on cult, cult classics here. Awesome. Thanks for taking one for the team. Yeah, oh my man, god, did that. I ever! But that's a story for that's a story for another right. time. We 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 died for your sins <laughs> and watched Prometheus two last night. Oh god. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely <laughs> Prometheus two. Um, uh, that actually yeah. makes me a little happy. Good. I, I know that's selfish you know, because I showed up for the screening and I got turned away because they were already full and I was two and a half hours early, which is so stupid. And too, I was because super there were, there were seats open. Dude, like there was literally a seat open next to me. And I was I super. Was like, well, we were in the well, press section. Well, they never would have sat anyone. I got there. a. Yeah, uh, it's a bummer, though. Yeah. I got a text Jasper's about ten thirty. Yeah, I got a text about ten thirty last night from Victor going, "You dodged a bullet. This movie sucks." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we'll we'll have to get to that more. Um, well, thanks for um, killing my the, dream. Here in the future. Hey, it's better to have lower expectations. We just pulled the just we like pulled dating. the bandaid off quick. Yeah, <laughs> but no, it's funny when you quick said the Charlie Hunnam thing. I was like. Oh, but you know, it's always going to be Pacific Rim too, or oh, or um, Hellboy. Now, thinking about killing, <laughs> killing in peakier. Yeah, in peakier. <laughs> well, no, I mean, quick on the Hellboy thing, right? Yeah, I, uh, yeah. See, no one even wants to yeah. talk about. It. Look at no. that. It's just yeah. like, no. but yeah, not necessary. So yeah. that's pretty much. That was the Guardian spoiler cast. Yeah. We go. are we are critics, so we had to criticize things. But this hey. is still the best movie you can go out and see right now. Yeah. yeah. Um I probably. agree with well, I agree with what Josh said earlier. Uh don't take this as we didn't like the movie, because I absolutely I absolutely love the movie. I would go see it again tonight. But yeah. just don't think about it too hard. Yeah, you can't go into it with a lot right. of like, you know, high expectations. Take it for what it is. They made it um as kind of the intro to the summer blockbusters so that you could go and get the big action movie and be entertained and i think on that level it totally delivered on mm-hmm. all counts you got to laugh you had the emotional moments it had a little romance lots of action kurt russell's perfect hair you know sure. it had everything you could ask for in a movie I yeah think. yeah it was definitely a blast and um you know i, I look I, I it's i i certainly enjoyed the film it definitely had its issues to it um, but yeah, man, I mean, totally, it's a fun movie. I just don't think it's going to age that well. But that's the point is that it's a fun movie. And for me, it's like, I really don't care anymore about comic book movies in general. That's what I say. And then when I see it, I'm like, oh man, I'm so excited. Like I said, <laughs> Spider-Man, yeah. Wonder Woman, I'm interested in seeing for Thor a couple Ragnarok, of months. Dude, Thor I Ragnarok, got the, even, 
But which you know, which is oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you oh, off. Oh no, it's okay, man. Go ahead. I just thought it was they. That's I'm iffy about Thor Ragnarok because I feel like they were like, hey, Guardians was funny and cute and really edgy with the music and everything. Let's do that with Thor. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm saying well, is that, like know. Jeff Goldblum's character is dancing in the yeah. credits. Yeah, he this is. One, which he is really is. bizarre because he's not in the movie. Oh, yeah. I got to ask you guys. Maybe you know who's the old fat guy they kept showing that was dancing in the credits. He was in the car. When the stuff was taken over the world, he was dancing in the credits. Does anybody know who that was? Because it's been killing huh. me. I don't remember him. I don't remember that guy at all. He's got white hair. He's overweight. He was with like a black chick in the car or something. Huh. At first, I thought it was the uh, the professor dude from the Thor movies, but it's not. Oh. Um, I don't know. It's been. If anybody out there knows, email me and tell me because it's killing me. There you go. Yeah. There you go. There's a challenge. But I was going to say quick it's the last thing is like you have fun and stuff it's funny that lately i mean at least in the last 15 odd years or so is that i said the standard for sequels is blade 2 and for me that's like what all (laughs) movies should be as good as blade 2 is i'm i'm completely serious because if you really look at like blade was an enjoyable film but blade 2 for me is like that that next level right and guardians i don't know if i can expect it to be that way but well, in the end, I still had fun. All sequels, all sequels need Ron Perlman. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. Everything, too. all everything, always needs Ron Perlman. Right. There you go. Right there. So James Gunn, if you're listening, and we know you are, and we know you are, Ron course. Perlman. Boom. Yeah. So that's it for the Guardian spoiler cast. Yeah. Uh, if you guys are in the neighborhood and want some more Kurt Russell, join us this Saturday for the thing. Nice. Tickets Saturday. are going fast. Get them at coldclassicsac.com. Enjoy this podcast. Uh, why don't you give us a five-star rating on iTunes? Woo-hoo. Tell your friends. Tell, tell your all your friends. Get our ratings up. You don't have to tell everybody. But subscriptions are good. Um, and always find us online at following iTunes, social media. We're everywhere. We're much like uh, Ego the Living Planet. Uh, I'm going to go bang a dinosaur. Boom. <laughs> All right. Until next time, I'm Victor Moreno along with Jasper, Woo-hoo. Kirby Nelson, <laughs> and Joshua T. Ruth. Mary Poppins. Y'all. Jesus face.